Welcome to the Mission Driven Podcast, a show designed to empower, educate, and encourage you to stay focused and committed to your mission. I'm your host, AC Cristales. Let's get ready to roll. What's going on, brother? We're back at it, man. Cobra Kai, how's it going? It's going good, man. Back again. You know, we're down to, what, our last couple of episodes, man. Our last three episodes, man. And yeah. to me, man, as I was re-watching just eight, I haven't re-watched nine and ten yet. I was like, okay, these are these last three are like the best, you know, this season, I think. Because it's just like Gloria Love, Pulpo, and then obviously the finale was just amazing, right? So definitely, man, definitely excited, man. So let me go ahead and get into it, bro. Let me read the summary for uh, Glory of Love, the eighth episode of the second season of Cobra Kai, which we are covering. Again, this is AC Cristales. I am joined by Jose Monte Baron. So Glory of Love, the summary goes, Daniel works to make amends with Amanda while Johnny is introduced to the world of dating apps. Complications arise when Miguel, Samantha, Robbie, and Tori cross paths. So go ahead, Monty. Start us off, man, with one of your favorite scenes from this episode. Okay, the scene I want to start off with is at the very beginning, uh, you see Johnny walking out of his apartment and he's going over to Carmen's uh, apartment and Carmen answers and she tells him, oh, like, I'll go get Miguel. And then you see Johnny kind of confidently go in and walk up to her and he's like, I'm not here for Miguel. He begins to kiss her. Now, at this point, I'm okay johnny okay you know kind of <laughs> cheering him on rooting him on striking and then, first yeah exactly striking first then the music starts playing the lights go off the camera starts panning around them as they're making out ah oh, you see them sparring in the dojo <laughs> um, she's like pouring Coors banquet on herself yeah, and into yeah. his mouth yeah. and uh <laughs> it was a little bit over the top uh, but then right there is when I'm like, he's got to be dreaming. Yeah. You know, I told myself he's got to be dreaming. And so, of course, after all that, you see him in his bed with a big old smile on his face. But I like the scene because, it, you know, the writers and creators made it look like an 80s music video. Yeah, for sure. That's what I thought, too, man. 80s music video. Yeah. You have the music, the lights, the clothes. You know, Carmen's wearing that shoulder cutout sweater. So the very yeah, 80s, kind of man. Cool. I don't know if that's a scene from Weird Science or not, Kelly yeah. LeBron. I, it sounds yeah, like it looks a- like when she first appeared, you know, after they created her or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> she's wearing, she's exactly. wearing that those shorts and that yeah that cut off uh, that cut out shoulder you know dress <laughs> whatever dress shoulder uh, sweater whatever man. <laughs> and then you, you just you go inside Johnny's brain and what he thinks about you know being with with a woman. Yeah, <laughs> you know? for sure, and and that he obviously you know. Uh, feels a certain way about Miguel's mom, about Carmen, right. you know, so uh, got to give it up for White Snake too, though, man. That's a good, nice little jam, hey, you know, here I go again, right, on my own. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. Yeah, so that was dope, man. You know, like I said, you know, it just introduced us to how um, Johnny feels about Carmen, but we kind of saw a little hint of it, you know, in previous episodes, you know, just um, obviously he, he's seen her, he looks at her, she's a very, very attractive woman and stuff, and so... This one was like, right, you know, first scene, bam, you know, uh, Johnny's dreaming about her, man. So uh, my next, I won't say favorite scene, but it was just a quick connection I want to point out because what we're seeing in this episode is that Daniel and Amanda are having some issues, right? 
And it comes, yes. you know, obviously carries over from what happened with Anoush on the last episode. But just a real quick connection. Uh, Daniel's mom, uh, Lucille, brought him the Minute Maid. So Minute, Minute Maid, Maid from yes. uh, Karate Kid Part 1 and the whole Baby Browns and stuff. So, But also <laughs> like this, man, you know, moms know, you know, because Daniel was sleeping on the couch. And, yes. you know, it's just one of the things that I want to point out real quick. Moms know, man. Moms know when, when there's issues going on with their kids, man. So just wanted to throw that out there, man. So what's your next favorite scene, man? Yeah, no, I definitely had that connection written down as well about the Minute Maid. Oh, really? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and I, I agree. You know, Lucille, you know, she's uh, rather than attack Amanda or anything, she's kind of encouraging Daniel to, to work on it, you know? Yeah. Just want to add that piece to, you know, the scene that you just referenced right now. Yeah. But uh, to go on to the next scene I have is I have uh, Robbie and Sam at Miyagi-Do. They're like making out and you hear the, the uh, Miyagi-Do students outside training or warming up. And, um, <clears throat> you know, Robbie's telling, um, uh, Sam, you know, Hey, aren't we supposed to, or, uh, this is the only private time we have yeah. because, uh, Lucille, Daniel's mom is staying at their house and, um, <clears throat> Sam's kind of being a little persistent saying, we got to tell my parents at some point. And, um, of course that it's not great timing because Daniel and Amanda are kind of in, in, in a fight. Yeah. What happened with the noosh and, um, so Robbie's like, we'll wait for the right time. And then next thing you know, you hear Dimitri say or say something and they go outside and apparently he found the Mr. Miyagi's Medal of Honor. Yeah. <laughs> laying there on a rock. And, you know, everybody's shocked, even Sam. They're like, we looked all over for this. And Robbie's like, yeah, I was here the whole time. Yeah. And I chose this scene just because I'm not. We talked a little bit about it last episode. Not a real fan about what the method or the Robbie's deceit. Yeah, exactly. You know, lying about it. You know, that's a good word right there, man. Deceit for yeah. sure. Cause we it's know the truth. The, the truth yeah. is Miguel brought that medal of honor back. And here's the thing. If it were flipped, I feel like Miguel would have, wouldn't have done that. I think Miguel would have been stand up and told Sam, Hey, Robbie brought this. So if it were flipped, if yeah, for sure. Turn, I like that. You know, mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I just didn't like it. I mean, I like the scenario and stuff, but yeah, not a fan of Robbie's deceit there on that one. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Robbie and, and Sam, you know, <laughs> kissing and stuff, bro. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'll take you to my next favorite scene, and it is because uh, it follows along with the beginning of the episode. So again, Johnny dreaming about Carmen. Johnny goes to the apartment, wants to mm. talk to Carmen, but Carmen is walking out there with Graham, right? Graham. And so... Uh, yeah, dude, I just I just like that little exchange because, again, he's trying to go see, you know, her, but she's like, hey, Miguel already left, and he sees her with Graham, so he kind of plays it off or whatever. But real quick, you know, Johnny, do you notice the, the T-shirt he was wearing? Zebra? Zebra, yes. So Zebra's a band, apparently. I didn't know that. Oh, okay. But no, Z- Zebra's a band, apparently, and, and I know you watched the Reunited with uh, Josh Gad. So yes. uh, uh, William Zapka was actually talking about that, the reason why he wore that Zebra shirt on the show is because zebra is one of his favorite bands so apparently man there's there's zebra music out there bro so i don't know i may have to i may have to put it on spotify and see if they have some nice little jams or whatever but yeah so zebra the zebra t-shirt is actually um a group that johnny that the real uh william zapka likes so that's why he was wearing that that t-shirt so again yeah again i just like that because again we we see um good word that you used before persistence. So we see the persistence in Johnny trying to strike first and actually, okay, I'm going to make this dream a reality. I'm going to go a out reality. there and, yeah, and talk to, uh, talk to Carmen. Right. So, uh, go ahead to the next thing, man. The next one I have, um, 
I took down. It's just uh, Daniel and Amanda. And then Daniel sushi. comes in. You know, he's ordered her, her favorite lunch, which is sushi, apparently, and some yeah. tea. And um, he's also says how he's taken off some of the work, or he's taken over some of the workload that she had, some inventory statements or something like that. And so you see Daniel kind of trying, you know, trying to just kind of make it right, like a quick fix in a way. Yeah. <laughs> and then Amanda says, well, I already, it's on our joint calendar. She has lunch with like a sales team at the other, one of the other dealerships. And she's like, but you enjoy, you know, yeah. and she walks out and Daniel's like, it's a lot of sushi. And she's like, share it with the customers. And I like it because Amanda kind of doesn't make it easy for him, mm-hmm. you know, and like, he, he messed up. He neglected her, you yeah. know, for, for the summer. And it's going to take more than just a few few small gestures, mm-hmm. you know, to, you know, I guess, change her mind or to get her to come back, you know, if that makes sense. It does make sense because it, that ties into what happens in the conversation that they have later in the episode. Yes. You know, so it's funny you mentioned quick fix because we'll get to that to that scene where, you know, why you use, I'm sure, that you know, just um, that word choice, you know, quick fix, because that's one of the things that Amanda tells Daniel later on, you know, with regards to, you know, their marriage or whatever. So we'll get to that. Uh, yeah. My next favorite scene is uh, the 80s night when uh, Tori and Miguel are talking about what they're going to do. And, and Miguel's like, I love the 80s. Right. And then he makes yeah. this man. So I got a question for you after I read this. But sure. he, he talks about, you know, dibs on Anthony Michael Hall and weird science. That's who he wants to go as because Tori's like, hey, there's 80s night at the skate at the at the skating rink where she works at. And Miguel was like, that's cool. You know, I'll, I'll go there. And she's like, but you got to dress up. And he was like, dibs on Anthony Michael Hall and Weird Science. And she yes. was like, okay, you know, like, you don't have to call dibs on that because nobody nobody would play that. So Miguel, he could have picked a better character from the 80s, man. You know? So here's my question to you, man. What 80s character would you go with? If you could pick an 80s character from any 80s movie, who would you pick? Like an adult or just any... Like anybody, like, it could be a teenager, it could be any 80s movie, man. Like, you could just like, yo, I'm going to dress up as this 80s character. Uh, maybe Van Damme in Bloodsport. Oh, okay, Van Damme in Bloodsport. All right, yeah. here, here's mine. I'd go with uh, Lincoln Hawk. Lincoln Hawk, yes. <laughs> yeah, another, I bought yeah. that hat. I bought I actually bought the bought hat, the, the Bono <laughs> hat. <laughs> you know what? I didn't even recognize it until you told me, and then I looked, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's a Bono hat, man. I know I don't have the physique, bro, but uh, like, I got the <laughs> hat, dude. So I like it. next year, man, I may buy the suspenders and stuff. and, and go, suspenders? Yeah, go <laughs> buy some Halloween party, bro, and go as Lincoln right, Hawk. There you go. <laughs> so you'd go, you'd go with Van Damme, the Bloodsport, bro? Bloodsport, yeah. <laughs> what the tights or what? Alone. <laughs> the, the, the tights or what? Huh? You'd go with the no, tights. The kills, man. The kills, man. <laughs> All right, man. But yeah, I just wanted to point that out, man. He picked Anthony Michael Hall again. I don't know, but maybe that goes with your connection as you were talking about uh, Kelly LeBrock at, at the beginning, how Carmen looked. So maybe that's why the writers kind of tied that in. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, I also like that scene because we see, you know, Miguel and uh, Hawk kind of. Kind of hashed it out real quick. It wasn't a big yeah. conversation, man. But, you know, Miguel, what I love about Miguel in that scene, though, it just kind of really showed his leadership, man. You know, he wanted to make sh- things he wanted to make sure things were right between him and Hawk. So he goes up to him and says, hey, man, are we cool? And Hawk was like, yeah, you know, we were enemies for a day, but Cobra Kai for life. So, again, love Miguel, love his leadership. And um, because, again, you know, if you have a problem with somebody or if you want to fix things out, fix things fix things out i guess that makes sense uh you go and you know you talk to that person man you don't let things build and that's what what miguel did so i love that man and so 
take us to the next thing because I, I have a feeling you're going to talk <laughs> about the next scene with Johnny because it, 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 it follows into that. Yeah, absolutely. And just to pick you off what you just said, I definitely had that scene written down as well. I mean, it's, it's a good homeboy scene. And, you know, like like you touched on it, you know, I apply it to conflict and comp- competition. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just that. But if, if you're true friends, you know, you you hash it out, you you stick together. I mean, that that shouldn't be a reason to tear apart a good friendship just because like, you know, you lost uh, what I, I put, like if you lost a sport or lost a job or even a girl, yeah. <laughs> you know, homeboys for life which is what Hawk said. Yeah, but, uh, no doubt. Um, but yeah, the next scene I want to go to, and, I, and yeah, you're definitely right. And, and I know you're probably going to like this one too. Um, it's the one where Johnny, uh, Johnny at the, right? It's pretty much the scene right after. Yeah, it's right after. It flows right into it, yeah. The one we just talked about, Johnny with the Cobra Kai students. He comes out and he says, today's lesson, we're going to be learning one of the most important lessons about Cobra Kai uh, could ever know. Mm-hmm. You know, right there, kind of gets the attention of the students. But then um, Hawk says, we're Sensei Kreese. And, of course, Stingray ch- <laughs> jumps in. Shouldn't we wait for the Sensei of, of Americas? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, or not. Because Johnny looks at him, I think. Yeah, he does. Like, he looks at him like, you know, like, like, shut up. He gives him that look, you know. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Tell him to shut up. And then um, he informs him that Mr. Kreese will no longer be joining us. So the students are shocked right there just to hear that. I think if you hear, if you hear, listen closely, you hear one student in the background go, what? Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and um, so Johnny begins, starts off on this very good monologue, man. He says, I made a promise when I became your sensei to always look out for your best interests. Despite how hard this may be for all of us, uh, sensei, he's talking about Sensei Kreese didn't have our best interest at heart. Mm-hmm. John Kreese may have founded Cobra Kai, but he no longer represents what this uh, dojo stands for. Yeah. And I was like, okay, there we go, Johnny. You know, his Cobra Kai was old and outdated, which that's true for sure. Kreese, we've we've talked about how Kreese is just war mentality all the time, man. Like he's still in Vietnam. (laughs) Exactly, man. Warfare. That's right. And this, I like this quote very good. What um, it's, it's, it's Johnny, but Miguel chimes in. Yeah. Says, uh, you refuse to move forward. What happens when you do that, Mr. Diaz? You get stuck like cement, which is episode two. Mm-hmm. When he was teaching him that lesson in the cement truck. Yeah, exactly. You refuse to move forward. What happens when you do that, Mr. Diaz? You get stuck like cement. Exactly. To be a great fighter, you got to learn to adapt. There's Creed on the wall. Follow it to the letter. It'll make you strong. It'll make you formidable. It will also make you an asshole. Because that's just black paint on a white wall. But life's not black and white. More often than not, it's gray. And it's in those gray areas where Johnny Lawrence's Cobra Kai sometimes shows mercy. Doesn't mean you can't be badass, it's still a requirement. But you have to learn to think, not just with your gut, or your fists, to really use this. He continues on by saying exactly, and he says to be a great fighter, you have to learn to adapt, which, you know, 
we, we live in an ever-changing world, man. So, exactly. So to be a good, to be a, must. <laughs> to be a great human being, be a great leader, to be a great anything, I think you have to learn to adapt. You know, flexibility Absolutely. is key. So that could be one of, you know, the lessons that, that we have. But go ahead, man. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking as well. And um, then he points to the creed on the wall, you know, the strike first, strike hard, no mercy. And he says, if you follow it to the letter, yeah, it'll make you strong. It'll make you formidable, but it would also make you an a-hole. Yeah. <laughs> Which, of course, Johnny's, you know, from his experience, you know, he's um, that's what he's teaching them. So let me pause right there, man. OK, so when I when I heard that and obviously when I saw it again, as I was getting ready for, for this podcast, my, my first question was like, you know, why? Why would he why would he say that? You know what I'm saying? So this this creed this thing on the wall will make an ass so and obviously he goes into more detail but at first it's like why would johnny say that so that's my question to you why do you think johnny you know would say that you know this creed that he lives by man i mean he you know since the beginning of cobra kai the tv series you know that's one of the things that he's ingrained into miguel so why do you think that he said hey this right here will make you an asshole yeah, I, I get it. I, I would think it was just based on, you know, his life experiences, man, and okay. how his life turned out after pretty much after that tournament, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's pretty much gone downhill from him, you know, um, he hasn't, he did, you know, especially when it comes to technology or what, what's going on in the world or anything, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, he's got no relationship with like anybody really, you okay. know, other than Miguel until Miguel arrives. So, he just kind of goes back to what he what he talked to Tommy about. He just didn't want. He saw the what his experiences and the path that it took him. He doesn't want his students to go down that path. So he's kind of changing up Cobra Kai in a way. Okay, so let me point something out that you said um, that he really doesn't have anybody. So because he's lived this type of you know life with that type of mentality, he's shut people out. I like that. I like that. I like that. Okay, yeah, for sure. So he shut people out because. You can have a you know an attitude where you think you're badass, and instead of drawing people to you, you draw people away or you push right. people away. All right, very good. All right, so you want to continue with that because he he kills it with the next couple lines that he says in that monologue. He's like, uh, what he said. Uh, that's black paint on a white wall, but in life, life's not black and white. More often than not, it's gray, and it's in those gray areas that Johnny Lawrence's Cobra Kai sometimes shows mercy. And I don't know if I'm going to stop right there real quick. Okay. I don't know if he, uh, the camera kind of caught Hawk. Yeah, he was looking around. Yeah, he, he had that look of disappointment yeah. on him. Yeah, he's kind of looking around like, what the hell, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, um, <clears throat> and then, of course, he finishes it off uh, by saying, you know, doesn't mean you can't be badass. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still a requirement. But you got to learn to think with your head or with not just with your gut or your fist, but yeah. with your head. Yeah. And, um, and then, of course, he goes into today's lesson, which <laughs> with the head buddy. Head buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Exactly. So let me go into the first lesson that I got from from that little monologue, man. I love when he said, you know, because that's just black paint on a wall, on a white wall. But life's not black and white. And I love that, man, because there, there's a lot of people, man, that I've met, you know, uh, during my 39 years of life, you know, because now I'm 39. <laughs> I'm 39 now. Anyways, and. There's some people. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Thank you. And there are a lot of people who feel that, you know, life is black and white, meaning, you know, it's either this way or, the, or that way, you know. And and man, I know that life is not like that, man. You know, there are a lot of you know circumstances. There are a lot of experiences 
that we go through in life that influence why we make certain decisions. It's easy for somebody to say, well, you should have done this. But if they've never had your experience, they don't know why you made that choice. You see what I'm saying? And so I love that. Again, man, we're going deep into this, man, a lot deeper than I'm sure the writers anticipated. But again, we're taking, you know, wisdom and insight from what we see in this show. So, you know, for the people that are listening to this podcast right now, you know, life isn't black and white. There's a lot of reasons why people do the things that they do. And although it's a lot easy for us to say, well, they should have done this or they should have done that. Sometimes, man, it's you have to get to know the root of a person and why they do the things that they do. You know what I'm saying? And especially, you know, uh, in relationships, you know, um, you get married to somebody and you don't really know them until you live with them every day. And then they do certain things and you're wondering, well, why are they doing these things? But you don't know the past 25 years and the experiences that they've gone through that has shaped their decision-making. Does that make sense, bro? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I was just going to add to that. It's just, you can't use like your interpretation or your experiences as like, like a reference for everybody else to follow. Exactly. Again, you know, you don't, you haven't walked in their shoes, so you don't know what, you know, what they've gone through or like you said, why they made that choice. So yeah, that's why I, totally like the smog yeah because it's gray man yeah life is gray bro life there's there's a lot it's 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 black and white mixed together man so yeah you know you may act that way you may make that decision but i'm not gonna make that decision you know what i'm saying and it could be even in the same family right you have one family member that makes certain decisions you have another family that makes certain decisions and people are wondering well why aren't they the same well sometimes they just don't have the same experiences so i love that man like don't box people in and think hey they have to do certain things you know you just like you said, man, sometimes you don't know what they've gone through and you don't have that background information. So I love that that Johnny shows that because, again, let's tie it back to the show now. Let's tie it back <laughs> to how Crease, you know, the reason why he does the stuff that he does, you know, is because his that's his mindset. He's a dude who was in Vietnam. He's a guy who's always been about war. So that's why he makes those decisions. But Johnny, you know, he's, you know, basically when we saw him at the beginning of season one, his life was a mess. And so right. now he recognizes that and he doesn't want, like you said, he was, he doesn't want the kids to go through the same thing. So he's making his decision based on, man, my life didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. So how can I make the life better for these kids who are looking up to me? That's the way I look at it, man. No, that's very well said, man. Yeah, yeah that's exactly how I saw it as well. Cool. Yeah. So, so then, you know, let me just go to the next thing because it kind of follows it kind of follows along. So then Miguel has a conversation with with Johnny. Right. He goes into the office and while, you know, they're headbutting each other because that's what the training was. But <laughs> Miguel wants to talk about Sensei Crease. And again, I love this about Miguel, man. He wants to talk about Sensei Crease and Johnny tells him not to worry about it. So here's my first question to you, Johnny, that little prideful. You think a little prideful that he didn't say anything because he's like, don't worry about it because Miguel was like, hey, let's talk about it. But Johnny said, don't worry about it. So do you think a little prideful on Johnny's part? Maybe a little prideful, but also at the same time, he, um, you know, that's not Johnny. That He's not really the type of person to open up and vent about his feelings. You know, it's like he kind of closes it, like he handles it and closes it off. Like, mm-hmm. you know, closing a book and just taking care of it that okay. way. Okay, but see, I like, you, I like that you said that. But that's a reason why things are going to happen to Johnny mm-hmm. that are going to happen in the next two episodes. <laughs> 
because right. he doesn't, you know, so Miguel wants to be there for him. And so maybe it's pride. Maybe it's like, well, what does this little 15 year old really know? But here's my thing. Here's what I thought. Johnny needs a companion, man. He needs a friend. He needs a real homeboy that he can bounce stuff off. And he didn't have that, which is why, which is why I think that's what leads him to go into the dating app. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously, bro. That's what I think. It's like, because, man, come on, man. You get to a certain age, bro, where, you know, you want to have somebody you can bounce stuff off, you know, a, a best friend, dude, somebody you can talk to. And, and Johnny doesn't really have that. He has a kids, but those kids can't serve as his best friends. You know what I'm saying? And, and obviously the, the, you know, the bond that he has with the Cobra Kai guys. I mean, he just, he, that was the first time that he had seen them in years. You know what I'm saying? According to the show. But I think Johnny was really searching for that companion, which is why he dreamed about Carmen at the beginning and which is why he enters the dating app world. And so, uh, you know, before we get into that, just real quick, you know, we, we see that because he asked about, um, he asked about Miguel's mom. He's like, how's your mom? And she's, and he, well, he's, what does Miguel say that she's doing good? You know, he's happy that he's, she's with this guy because she's had bad luck with guys. Bad so it's nice to guys, see her happy. Yeah. And yeah, hell yeah. Everybody wants, every son wants their mom. Every son or, or daughter should want their mom to be happy, man. So I, I definitely felt that because that's what I want, you know, with my mom's for her to be happy. And so, uh, but I also like this and I kind of skipped over it, but uh, Johnny knew about Miguel and Tori. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he was like, hey, just go. You just go here and worry about, you know, because he's trying to. Yeah, that's what it is. Right. Because Miguel's like, hey, you should you should don't join a dating app, you know, because my mom, that's where she found, you know, this guy. And Johnny's like, nah, whatever. And he said, you just go and uh, don't get don't lose your focus. Right. Something like that. Don't lose your don't lose your focus. But I like this. And I point. I, I wrote this down. He said, uh, I wrote this down. Johnny wasn't blind. He knew that Miguel and Tori were a thing. Right. But Daniel can't tell that Sam and Robbie are a thing. Right. So, yeah. hey, that's another reason why Johnny Lawrence is better. So what else do you got from that, from that little quick, quick scene, man, between uh, Johnny and Miguel? Well, just, you know, really, yeah, kind of pretty much what you stated there. You know how, number one, Miguel cares for him, you know, that he's offering to talk to him about Crease because he knew he was his friend. Yeah. And, um, you know, he offers him to help. Like, he offers him help, you know, setting him up on that dating app. Mm -hmm. And, um, and of course, Miguel self-discloses, like you said. And he, that piques his interest really. I don't know if you caught that. It piques his interest really well when he, he wants to know how it's going for his mom. Yeah, for sure. Because again, he was he he showed interest through that dream. Right. Yeah. And um and but you know what he he gives it a shot, which we're gonna see I think in the next scene right here is he's like okay let's talk about this dating app. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But before so, that, you want to talk about what happened before that because it was it was pretty cool according to what I got uh, before he goes into the before they talk about uh before he sets him up on the dating app it's the scene with amanda and daniel oh yes when amanda walks was walking into the sales room floor yeah and uh she notices the co the miyagi-do students were um you know <laughs> detailing the cars yeah using the wax on wax off method and um and then of course daniel's like you know comes up to her Amanda kind of cracks a joke saying, Oh, so now we're using child labor. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, you know, Amanda says, just 10 more minutes, all right, and then training's over. Um, and Daniel's like, No, 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 look, this is me trying to help. Again, this is Daniel just trying too hard, but not getting to the root of the issue. And uh um Amanda gives him an analogy that 
Daniel didn't interpret properly. I, at least I thought Daniel didn't interpret properly. He got defensive. Amanda says you can't put a Band-Aid on an open head wound. Okay. And instead Which of Daniel good. trying to analyze and figure out, okay, because he was kind of desperate. He's like, okay, what can I do, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that's when Amanda tells him it's not a puzzle, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, but Daniel gets defensive and he's like, so our marriage is an open head wound. Yeah. You know, that's kind of, I don't know. It seems kind of typical, you know, and maybe in today's marriage couples, you know, yeah. some things can just blow out instead of like you, like you mentioned before, hashing it out, discussing, talking it through. <laughs> For sure. But but I love that, man. I love uh you can't put a bandaid on an open head wound because um, to me, what that signifies is that there are certain things that take a lot of work for you to yeah. heal from, you know? So let's talk about healing, man. You know, there are certain things that they're going to take time. You got to talk, you got to be able to hash things out. You got to be able to talk to somebody. And so, man, me and Axel, uh, we've had a conversation. We call it curitas, man. There's certain, you know, you put curitas on, on wounds, man, that, yeah, yeah. you can put band-aids on there, but eventually those band-aids will fall off. So it comes a certain point where, man, you got to, put a big old patch or you got to really hash it out for things to get better, man. Because if you don't, you're, you're always going to have those issues. And that's what Daniel's trying to do. He's just trying to use curitas band-aids, right? He's just like, if I just do this, if I just get her sushi, she's going to be fine. If I just detail the cars, she's going to be fine. Right. But she's not fine. Exactly. And you know what she also said, she told, and she gave him a big clue here, but I guess he wasn't paying attention. She's like, I know that this isn't permanent. Yeah, there you go, bro. You see what I'm talking about? Like a bandit, it, is, it isn't permanent, right? Yeah, and that's and that right there should have been Daniel's clue. But again, he's clueless. Yeah. You know, he's just trying to like fix it night quickly and then move on. I like and what you said. I like what you said though. That that's how things are now. Like people just want to fix things, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. They just people just want to just fix things. Here, I, I bought you this, and it's like, dude, it's not even about buying stuff. Sometimes it's like just no, give me yeah, time. Good analogy. Right. right. Give yeah. me time. Talk to me. Communicate with me. Hey, we're getting all relationship and stuff on this. Hence <laughs> the title, right? Glory of love, baby. All right, man. So next, next, take us to the dating app scene, which is a funny scene. Go ahead, bro. It is. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're, okay, so in this scene, Miguel's trying to set up Johnny's profile. He asks him a very... <laughs> I don't even know what word to use. He asks him the question, what type of women are you looking to meet? <laughs> Johnny gives him a look, yeah. a look, and he's like, "Super hot babes." Dumb question. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then again, what are your likes? Johnny's like, "My likes." Yeah. <laughs> what am I supposed to say? Long, long walks on the beach. And he's like, "I like muscle cars, martial arts, Iron Eagle, Iron Eagle too." Yeah, <laughs> I like that dude. <laughs> and then Johnny tells him, "Why aren't you texting this down instead of writing this down?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> texting this down and miguel's kind of gets a little bit a little bit agitated he's yeah. like this was your idea you got to take this serious yeah and then johnny, johnny being johnny right here he's like it used to be simple you find a chick at a bar you bump into her hard but not too hard pretty hard and you buy her beer <laughs> yeah you know yeah uh, and so he references like the caveman in the insurance commercials he's like that's how the caveman did it <laughs> caveman that's another like Okay, the app is downloaded. What type of women are you looking to meet? Super hot babes. Dumb question. Okay, what are your likes? My likes? Mm -hmm. What am I supposed to say? Long walks on the beach? I like muscle cars, martial arts, 
an Iron Eagle, an Iron Eagle too. Why aren't you texting this down? Computer dating's your idea. Look, you have to take this seriously. It used to be simple. Find a chick at a bar, bump into her hard, but not too hard, but pretty hard. Then you buy her a beer. Yeah, no. Tried and true, Diaz. That's how the cavemen did it. Cavemen, that's another like, you know, like the ones in those insurance commercials. I think I can fill out the rest of this on my own. What about clothes? What are you wearing? Are you gonna teach me about fashion now? I'd have to. Before you continue with that, it, <laughs> it used to be simple, though, bro. I feel like it used to be simple, man. Like, it, it, I feel Johnny on that one, man. Now it's a lot more complicated. I think, like, the world has become more complicated, man, because it used to be simple. I remember telling my kids in sociology class, <laughs> you know, so obviously these kids were born in you know, 2000, you know, 1999, 98, around the time we were dating, right? Around the time we were um, in, in high school, college, finishing up. And I remember picking up girls for dates. Do you remember picking up girls for dates? Yeah, I mean, okay. just getting their attention was the first. Was no, the but first. no, but but picking them up by, like, hey, let's go on a date. Let's go to the movies. I'll pick you up. Right. Well, I remember telling my students that in the sociology class at the community college where I teach. And they're like, what? Mm -hmm. Like, people don't pick up anybody anymore. You don't go pick. A person up at their house anymore and i was like what like come on like i'm old school man i want to but it's not like that now it's like i'll meet you there and i had a conversation with them i was like what do i do that well what if it goes bad and like you see how complicated it is and before i was like yeah i'll pick you up at seven right and mm -hmm. now it's like i'll just meet you there it's crazy man so yeah i'm with johnny man it used to be simple yeah it just it just gets harder man <laughs> go ahead and take us to the next thing man to johnny's closet <laughs> oh well yeah basically in this scene though um i was just gonna add yeah th this is the scene where johnny and technology again you know what i mean yeah <laughs> and uh miguel's trying to get him in in touch with his feel feelings or something like that but just the notion of johnny on an eight on a dating app man <laughs> just, i don't know that just seems weird but yeah um they have a brief conversation or miguel asks him you know hey do you have uh jeans uh distress he said distressed yeah. jeans yeah stretch oh yeah stretch jeans and a button-down shirt and and johnny's like i have old jeans if that's what you mean and he goes to look at his closet yeah and and he's like uh oh he notices a red jacket heck yeah or a red jacket it doesn't it you'll show that it's red later on yeah. but um, it and it's a connection to the karate kid because it's the original red jacket that he wore exactly <laughs> on the dirt bike right right yeah, yeah. and um and then um, Johnny says, okay, yeah, whatever. And then he's, he says, uh, hey, there's a chick on my app, meaning there's a chick on his profile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Johnny's like, this is dumb. You can't find out anything about from – you can't find out anything about a chick from an app. He's like, by oh, one wait. pick, by one pick. By one pick, yeah. And he's like, oh, wait. And then he starts kind of judging them. He's like, no, yeah, no. He's swiping right or swiping left, yeah. <laughs> yeah I've, I've never been on tinder man so i i got married before the dating apps there, there's so many out there bro tinder bumble yeah like, it's crazy yeah, man. It, yeah, but. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah i guess he, he started getting like into it you know <laughs> yeah it's like a video <laughs> game dog <laughs> yeah i know right <laughs> mine is blown away like exactly. when he discovered the internet <laughs> exactly i'm like oh this person's available yeah man yeah exactly and uh but yeah it was just funny just yeah the notion of him on the dating app and you know every scene with johnny and technology is just it's bound oh, for some people <laughs> for sure and so then 
let me take it to the next one real quick though i just wanted to point out uh robbie failed because he did not help lucille with the groceries so there's a scene there and we don't have to talk about it but <laughs> lucille comes in you know daniel's mom with groceries and robbie doesn't help with the groceries grab the bags bro be a gentleman but anyways right. that's enough about that let's go into johnny's dates man i like uh because it starts they start showing us the dates. so apparently johnny Real, real good looking or whatever, you know, because obviously if he swiped, the girls must have swiped, too. So I think he had about three or four dates, you know, so he's talking about uh, the first one. I know how to handle kids. He's like, yeah, because I body slammed them on the mat. So he's basically tanking. He's tanking every day. Right. And then she was like, uh, this other girl was like, yeah, I like systems or something systemic. And he's like systemic. And she's like, yeah, I hate the Patriots, too, or whatever. And uh, and then. Is this the one where he goes, listen, what do you say we quit the chit chat and hop in my challenger, teach you how to drive stick? Yeah, that's very, yeah. <laughs> that's the one. Politics and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and, yeah. You know, modern, modern, what, ideas and topics, but Johnny doesn't know that. Johnny doesn't care about that, bro. He wants to teach her how to drive a stick, man. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> and then I like this one. It was pretty cool that the, the writers brought this one back. The girl that he hung the TV on the wrong wall for. Yes. That was cool that they did that. And they start arguing again. So uh, I like that one, man. Um, and what else? What, what else did I miss on that? Uh, oh, the oh, one where you. Um, no, you watch. know what? Yeah, the smartwatch. But um, but then it cuts back to Daniel and Lucille, which is a great scene. Um, you want to talk about that? Sure, I'll talk okay, about go ahead. it. It's, uh, Daniel's on his couch um, in his house and. Um, uh, he's looking through some kind of photo album and Lucille comes up to him and she, she's like, Hey, I thought everything was in the cloud. Yeah. And, and, and uh, Daniel responds, yes, you know, I haven't digitized them yet, but something about these old pictures looking at them on your phone just doesn't do it justice. And you know what? I agree with Daniel in there, man. You see some of your old photos from when you were a kid. Well, like for us in the eighties, you know, you just, do watch like seeing them on the phone wouldn't do them justice. Yeah, you know, you're right. Yeah, it's right. You know what I thought about? I thought about your wife, man, Jamie. You know how she does scrapbooks and stuff. That's right, cool, yeah. man. That's cool. Like, yeah, you know, pictures you print out and place like in a scrapbook or album. They just, it's a lot better for me, man. But yeah, we're so yeah. caught up. I mean, when's the last time you got pictures developed? You know, gosh, gosh. it sucks, right, bro? And now you got like yeah. seven thousand pictures on the phone. And it's like, oh man, which one? Which ones? I mean, it's pretty cool because now you have a lot more pictures. But mm-hmm. then it's like, man, there's something about printing out a picture. You know, and uh, putting right. it in a frame. You know, I, I, yeah, dude, I did that about two months ago, and I, I kind of felt weird. It's like, the first time I print out a picture and, and put it in a frame, but it feels good. It feels good for me for some reason. But right. no, go, go ahead with that, man, because I, I I know you're gonna point out um, the story that Lucille gave. Yeah, and you know he's going through it, and um, you know he he comes to a picture of of him and Amanda when they opened up the dealership, and then. Uh, Lucille kind of gives him some more words of encouragement, tells him, you know, she'll, it'll get better. She'll come around. Um, and then she starts telling a story about uh, a time when they were at Coney Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, I'm assuming it was him, uh, her and, and Daniel's dad. Cause Daniel talks about how that's the time, you know, his dad took him to try every food that was available and took him on a cyclone for about five times. But it was also around the time that he started getting sick and um and then lucille kind of you know self-discloses something very 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 deep and very emotional for her you know she remembers the time when they were in line to go see the wonder wheel yeah 
and Daniel again clueless. He's like, "Oh yeah, the view <laughs> was yeah. was so good." <laughs> I like the way you said that, bro. <laughs> huh? I said, "I like the way you said that." You're like, "Oh yeah, the view." <laughs> Daniel's clueless, bro. <laughs> and um and and uh, Lucille corrects him. She's like, "No, that was the time when, you know." he was there and I felt like he put his head on my shoulder yeah. and I felt his hair and, um, that he told him or Daniel's dad told her that she loved him and that that gave Lucille the feeling that she was in it with her. Yeah. Heck I yeah. That was really, really good, man. That was That's, dope. I was, well, yeah. that was dope. That's what I wrote too. You know, you want somebody who, who's going to be in it with you no matter what. That's what she said. I think right. No matter what. Exactly. And so that's what we want, man, from the person that we're with, man. We want to know that they're going to be with us no matter what. So like that, exactly. man. And it's a good backstory on Daniel's dad, man. We He was never mentioned at all in, in any of the originals. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you're kind of thinking in, in part one that maybe, you know, they were divorced or something. But apparently he right. passed away right when he was young. Right. He passed away when he yeah, was a kid. For yeah. sure. But yeah, that was a good scene. Was Great real, scene. Man. Great scene. So <laughs> let me take you to the next scene, man. Um back at the back at the dates for johnny man right so he's in we see him at the bar not on a date but he's looking up ali mills schwarber ali <laughs> who we hope returns for season three and uh he starts you know sending her a message but real quick man did you notice um she's head of pediatric surgery which people believe you know that's the reason she's going to come for season three to help miguel i don't really believe that theory but uh she's based in denver i do notice that so it's a denver hospital for children um, so it's going to be interesting how the, the writers bring her back, but I don't think right. that she's going to help Miguel. I don't think that, but who knows? Maybe, maybe I'm going to be eating crow here in the next, next couple of weeks. But, uh, anyway, so he's typing up her message, you know, kind of dumb, right? He's like, Hey, I'm on this Facebook, you know, kind of very, right. you know, spastic, like right? Know yeah. Uh, on my smartphone. Right. And then <laughs> I like that the writers tied in Johnny's, uh, simple way of meeting people. Cause that girl bumps into him intentionally right, yes. bumps into him and as she intentionally bumps into him he sends the message to Allie which is going to play a part later on in the season and so yeah <laughs> a huge part my, one of my favorite parts and so then you know they buy a banquet and they start drinking so that's pretty cool and then it cuts into the the skating rink man so tell us about that yeah the skating rink so ducky it, spader oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so we i think you briefly talked about it when uh Tori uh, told Miguel that she had to work at the skating rink and it was 80s night. Yeah. So, um, and of course, uh, Robbie and Sam have been wanting to go out on a date just to get private time. So now they're at a skating rink. They arrive. Sam is, um, they're dressed in 80s costumes. Uh, <laughs> and Sam's, you know, wants to order some food and she, you know, uh, tells this waitress who happens to be Tori, you yeah. know what I mean? And um, so right away, right away, um, Sam's like, oh, sorry, didn't know you worked here. And then Tori being Tori, it's like, yeah, we can't all use daddy's credit card. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, then Miguel arrives and, you know, um, tells Tori, hey, let me know when your next break is so I can order some fries, right? You know, so I can be extra crispy or something like that. Yeah. And uh, then Miguel notices um, Sam and uh, Robbie and he's like, oh, hey, we really dig your costumes. Yeah, you know, and uh, he introduces Tori to Sam and Robbie. Yeah, and of course Tori's like, "Yeah, we met. We had a run in at the beach club." Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then Sam, Sam, here we go. Sam says, "How do you two know each other?" Curious, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Miguel says, "Uh, well, Tori's in Cobra Kai." 
figures figures and the story catches that you know and um says what was that and sam doesn't acknowledge but here's the thing afterwards tori uh kisses miguel right in front of right in front that was was a cobra kai move bro (laughs) and um this is um i i what i what i took from this scene this is tori's advice you know from episode two uh where she says you you make you make it seem like you're over her and that way she'll want your back. Ah, yeah. You know, that's right, and bro. They don't they don't care about you till they see you with somebody else. Exactly. You know how it is? Yeah, <laughs> well yes. And so it seems to work because you could tell right away Sam's jealous. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You could tell. <laughs> For sure. You can. And it's gonna go into uh another scene after that. But then it comes back to Johnny. Johnny met with that girl who bumped into him. And he's talking about nerd technology messing with your head. And it used to be simple like this. So they hit it off, man. Basically, they hit it off. But then he sees Graham. And Graham, again, was the guy that was dating Carmen, who we saw at the beginning of the episode. And he's talking about how he just wants to sleep with Carmen. and But he's kissing another girl. And that's when Johnny cuts the date, which to me, very surprising. Because, you know, he was hitting it off with that girl. You know, they're drinking banquets. And she's like, order me another one. So she was into him. He was into her. But... He stops the date because he sees Graham stepping out basically on Miguel's mom, Carmen. So he doesn't goes, even get her yeah, he doesn't even get her number. <laughs> and uh, he goes out there because Graham has to go outside because the bathroom's not working. And he beats up Graham and he tells her never go near her again. <laughs> and he uses a term that Johnny's probably never heard. He says he'll, he'll go. ghost her. <laughs> and Johnny's like, what the hell is <laughs> yeah. that? Right. So Johnny gets pissed, man. Why do you think Johnny got pissed? Uh, here's the thing, because I, I also took down that scene, and um, what I took down from it is, you know, John, John doesn't like, you know, um, what Graham says he's going to do to to Carmen, you know, mm-hmm. and it made me think, you know, the Diaz family, which, you know, uh, Carmen and Miguel, like, they've been so good to Johnny, man. Yeah. Like, you know, you see Miguel looks up to him, cares for him. Yeah. You know, he's never given up on him, which that's something that, you know, he's mentioned. And then Carmen as well. She's had him over for meals. She's been grateful for what she's done with him uh, to Miguel when, yeah. you know, Miguel first moved. Exactly. She's been grateful for that. So he doesn't, I, I just took down, he just doesn't want, you know, Carmen to get hurt or, or Miguel to get hurt because he, they have been so good to him. That's good. So, so that, that's what I took down from that scene, yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. That's good, man. So definitely I wrote that, you know, um, curious as to why he cut the date. But obviously, you know, when, when, you, when, you, when you're thinking about somebody else, man, sometimes you don't want to be on a date with somebody else. Right. So maybe, yeah. maybe the feelings are a little bit deeper for Carmen. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you know, obviously I like what you said that, yeah, um, they've kind of taken them in as family. You know, that's kind of a Latino culture thing, too, man. You know, Latinos right. can take you in as family and they may not know you, but like, hey, come on in. You know, let me invite you over for dinner. So that's pretty dope, bro. And then, then you know, what? I, one of the things and we're going to I'm going to mention this a little bit later, but I want to point this song out. They're playing that if you leave song, you know, so they're skating. Sam and Robbie are state, skating. Right. And mm-hmm. she said that's such a ducky move. So if you leave was it was a great 80s jam. But uh did you Definitely. notice that uh, that she was thinking about Miguel? So Robbie comes behind her, right? And she's, oh, yes, yes. Yeah, and she thinks it's Miguel or whatever. And she's just she's like, it's weird. To apologize, yeah, right? she's, she's, yeah, so she's weird just running into your ex. But uh, any, you want to talk about that? You know what? Let me talk about this, bro. Let me let me take this one real quick. So uh, love Miguel going to talk to Sam. So anyways, before that, you know, Sam's uh, skate breaks, right? One of her skates break 
And so she has to go get some other skates. And so um, then Miguel, you know, lo and behold, has to get big, has has to get smaller skates because the, the, the skates he had were too big or whatever. But, yeah. you know, he goes and talks to Sam and, you know, she's pissed off because, you know, yeah, he's with Tori, you know, he's, with Tori, and he's yeah. like, you don't even know her. And then I love Miguel, dude. I have to say this. He's like, I should be the one that's pissed off. Here you have me thinking I'm paranoid. I'm a paranoid asshole. And yet you're on a date with Robbie. <laughs> I love that, dude. Miguel oh, calling her out, dude. She was calling her out. I love that. And she said, it's not a date. And I love what he said. Yeah, I've heard that one before. He still cares <laughs> about her, dude. So, man, you know, I just wrote this down real quick, man. It's possible to be with someone. It's possible to spend time with someone. And yet you're still thinking about someone who you really want to be with. And that's how, to be honest with you, that's how Tori, not Tori, excuse me. That's how Sam is because she's with Robbie, but she's still thinking about Miguel. That's Mm -hmm. how Miguel is because he's with Tori, but he's still thinking about Sam, man. So my skates are too big. Look about Tori. I can't believe you could be with a girl like that. You don't even know her. I know enough. Three hot dogs, two vanilla shakes, and a Coke extra ice. be the one that's pissed off so you are having me think i'm a paranoid asshole and yet you're on a date with robbie it's not a date not a date yeah i've heard that one before look i just came to clear the air so that things wouldn't be weird i guess that's where else goes i love that man what else did you get from that scene well, while they were discussing it in that in the line uh, to get the new skates, Tori sees all this. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tori sees us, sees us, and Tori being Tori, man, she's she's following the Cobra Kai Cree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? for sure, bro. And then, um, do you want me to go ahead and talk? Yeah, about take what it, happened? take it, take it from there. Yeah. So yeah, at, like you like you mentioned, after Sam gets her new skates and she thinks it's Miguel coming up to her, and it's actually Robbie, and she apologizes mm-hmm. um, or she starts to apologize. Then they start, her and Robbie, Sam and Robbie start to walk back onto the rink to go skate. And you see Tori coming up from behind her and just kind of like sweep the leg yeah. from her, which, you know, ironically. Chop, like chop blocked her, right? <laughs> yeah, like a chop block. Yeah. yeah. And she falls. And um, Tori uh, says, oh, sorry, princess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of adding insult to injury in a way. Exactly. And um, and then Sam doesn't take it, man. She gets up right away and she follows Tori and knocks like sweeps her, yeah. sweeps her, makes her fall down with the whole plate of food that she was carrying. Yeah. And Tori plays it like she hit her head. And, yeah. You know, then you see Miguel coming up and saying, Tori, uh, Sam, what the hell? You yeah. know, yeah, because it seems like everybody just saw what Sam did. Nobody saw what Tori did. Yeah. And then, of course, the security guard comes and throws out Robbie and Sam doesn't even listen to what happened or anything. Like that, but as they're as they're about to leave, the camera pans to Tori, and she's just smiling. She yeah. has a smile on her face, you know. And so you start to see Tori's a dark character, man. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. We're gonna see a little bit more of these next two episodes yeah, that are yeah, coming we're up. Yeah, we'll see a little bit more, but yeah, I'm starting to notice that uh, she's a dark character, and of course, Miguel still cares for Sam. He's got a good heart, man. Hey, but did you notice the role reversal? So remember in uh, season one at the end when. Uh, Miguel, he was drunk and he, and he pushed Robbie and Sam was like, what the hell Miguel? Mm -hmm. And now this one, obviously Sam wasn't drunk, but she pushed Tori down. And this time Miguel was like, what the hell Sam? So I just kind of, kind of a role reversal. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. yeah, for sure. So, man, the next one, man, I'm going to go. Um, yeah, I'm, I know I'm pro pro Johnny. It's all good, though. But I, I like the scene with with Daniel. You know, they're toasted to something that's ours. I like that's what he told. So basically, he, you know, took Lucille's advice and wanted to let Amanda know that, hey, I'm, I'm in it with you is the way I took it. And you can add right. whatever you want after that. And so um, it kind of flashes back to when, you know, Amanda was pregnant with Sam and how they first started their their dealership. And I love that, man. I, I love stories like that where you're in it, you know, with your spouse or your partner and you start something from the ground up. And so that's pretty much how LaRusso Auto started, according to that scene. Right. And so now they're celebrating, you know, 16 years of LaRusso Auto. And um, I love it, man, because, again, I, I just love that, that he's I guess he's finally getting it right. Let me let me just let her know that I'm in it with her, you know, and so they have a conversation. And um, and again, again, toast to something that's ours. You know, we're in this together. You know, the same thing that kind of what Lucille said. And then uh, they're playing they're playing Chicago, bro. They're playing Chicago. What's that? I said it's also a good flashback scene, the way the writers created it, because at, at, I think at first glance, I was just like. You know, you see Amanda pregnant and um, they're drinking cider. Yeah. And, and then, of course, he goes to change to turn on the music, which, yes, is Chicago. Yeah. I think it's my inspiration or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And now they're back into present time. So I just thought it was a good. That, that was cool because, yeah, because, yeah, they, you know, they don't they don't really like that. Like they've aged. <laughs> so, yeah. The only thing different was now they're drinking champagne or whatever. So, yeah, now there's champagne. Yeah. And stuff. So uh, before I ask you my question, what else do you got? What else do you have to add to that? Anything? Um, well, yeah, just pretty much to touch base or to piggyback what you just said is, you know, Daniel shows Amanda that he's in it with her. And um, what I also got, and I, I don't know, I want to get your thoughts on this, actually. Sorry. Okay. But um, he said, you know, Mr. if Mr. Miyagi were here, he would tell me to focus on what's important. I love that. I wrote that down. Yeah. And part of me thinks, was Daniel trying to tell Amanda Hey, I'll give up everything because you're important. Like I'll give up karate because you're important. Because then Amanda responds, I don't want you to give that have to give that up. Yeah. You know? But so it I, go, but it goes back to what we talked about on the last episode, man. We're about priorities. So yeah. it's, it's okay for you to have these things. Like, come on, man. It's okay for you to hang out with your boys. It's okay for you to play sports. It's okay for you to go to the gym. Whatever, man. Right? Things that you do as an individual. But at the end of the day, you focus on your wife. Right? right. So same thing for yeah. you to your wife. It's OK for her to go out with her friends. It's OK for her to do scrapbooking things, whatever. But at the end of the day, she focuses on you. So I think it's the same thing there. And I wrote yeah. that. Down. Yeah. Focus on what's important. And at focus that point, that. he wanted to let, let her know that, hey, you're the most important thing to me. That's the way I took it. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But no, yeah. <laughs> and then, of course. Um, Hold on, though. Are you going to go to the next scene? Because I got a question. Yeah, I was say, okay, go, oh, yeah. Okay, but go before you go to the next scene. So here's my question. So uh, this episode had three jams to me. Had that White Snake, you know, here mm -hmm. I go again on my own. Had that OMD song, right? If you leave, if you leave, da, da, da. and then it had that Chicago. You're, the, you know, you're the uh, whatever. You're my inspiration, you're my, right? You're the inspiration. Yeah, something like that, right? Uh, I know I kind of butchered it there, but uh, you bring meaning to my life. Uh, so, hey, out of those three jams, man, what's what's your which one would you pick, man? You're my inspiration. You're my inspiration. Uh, based, based on the scene, you know, the scene mm -hmm. and the song playing, okay. you know. Yeah. Thought it was a good combo. Yeah, but I love all three jams. So I, I, I was like, man, this this episode has some jams, man. I'm, I'm surprised that they didn't play "Glory of Love" though, man, since they titled it right. Because "Glory of Love" um, was a song that they use in part two, right? Right. And they didn't two, play it, man. And I love that, dude. That's my jam. 
Right there, baby. I love that. Yep, there it is. Kumiko, baby. <laughs> Anyways, man, so take us to the last scene, bro, because that's it. That's it. I know you got it. Yeah, the very last scene. Um, you see uh, Johnny arriving back his, at his apartments. This is after he confronted Graham, you know, and uh, uh, Carmen says, hi, Johnny. She's sitting outside her apartment, and uh, Johnny's like, oh, hey. Um and then uh, Carmen think Carmen says, yeah, I was supposed to go out on a date with Graham, but it looks like he stood me up. Here's Johnny. Yeah, I love this from Johnny, man. He's like, Johnny says, forget about him. You don't deserve a loser like that. You deserve a guy who shows up. Yeah. Anybody would be lucky to go out on a date with you. And then Carmen's like, Carmen's like blown away, man, at this yeah. point. Yeah. You know, she's like, are you asking me out? Yeah. Johnny, like mindset laser focus what if i am am? (laughs) and that's how it ends i love that bro what if i am (laughs) they go i mean johnny goes through the nightmare of dating (laughs) via the apps yeah but the the only uh he already had the right girl or he already had the right girl in mind which was carmen i like that bro yeah you know he he was going through those girls but in the end hey there's only one that he really wants so which was Carmen. That's yeah, that's good, bro, for sure, man. All right, man. Heck yeah. So that's it for Glory of Love. Um, so yeah, man. Let's let's go ahead and go. Who are your top five characters from this episode, man? Top five characters. I'm gonna start off with Lucille. Okay. Yeah. Just again, I, I mentioned it throughout the episode that um, it's encouraging Daniel, man, and and like you said, I like what you said. Moms know, man. Yeah, moms know, baby. That's right. Mom. Oh, and keep encouraging. I mean, she could have easily said forget her or something like that. Yeah. Which, but now nah, she's like, no, she'll come around, keep working. And then, you know, she told that story too. So that was pretty cool. Right. Yeah. She yeah. definitely told that story. Uh, Miguel, man, showing props to Miguel, how much he cares for Johnny, man. Yeah. And, um, you know, just the bond that they have and how he set up the dating app for him and stuff like that. That's cool, bro. So, yeah. That is yeah. cool for sure. It's Miguel. And then, of course, Johnny, man not you know for what he told his students in the dojo that's you know i like that scene a lot you know when he about the new cobra kai and what he said if you do if you refuse to move forward you get stuck like cement yeah uh gotta give daniel i give daniel some props just for (laughs) getting it in the end yeah (laughs) and uh i'll have to admit his idea was i mean even though it was technically lucille who kind of pushed him in that direction I do like that idea that he used with the whole at the dealership and the car in the back seat with just them two. You know, I'll give him credit. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I'll give him credit yeah. for that. And uh, and the last one I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Amanda, man. Just for not making it easy for Daniel, man. Okay. You know, it's not gonna. You know, like you said, if I'm important, show me. Yeah. Exactly. All right. You know what? I'm good. I'm good. No, you know what? We didn't. Well, Carmen didn't do much. Maybe because of the, maybe maybe I'll throw in Carmen because of the 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 dream scene. <laughs> All right, brother. But now nah, I'm good with those five, bro. So uh, favorite quote from this episode. What you got? Favorite quote. I'm gonna go with um, the one we kind of talked about. What Johnny said when he's at to his, uh, to the Cobra Kai students about moving forward and not getting stuck like cement. Yeah, so. which is what we talked about in one of the episodes. Right, yeah. we, made a, we made a whole lesson about that. Very good. I'll go with, you can't put a Band-Aid on an open head wound. Pretty pretty good, powerful, man. man. Pretty powerful. All right, brother. So which is the scene, man? You know, you're watching Netflix and you're like, you know what? Let me rewind this scene. I want to watch it again. Which one's your scene from this episode? Oh, the scene from this episode. 
I'm gonna change it up. Normally, I would probably go with uh, Johnny and the Cobra Kai students, but now I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Daniel and the reminiscing about Daniel and Amanda when they're in the backseat of the car. You okay. know, it's a little romantic scene to watch with the wife there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know which my which one mine is? I'll go with when Sam and Miguel are talking. I love that dude. I think oh, I think okay. Cholo Maridueña did good on that scene, and oh, I yeah. just I just love that he brought it back to her, man. Like I said, you know, uh, I've heard that before, and here you go making me like some paranoid paranoid asshole. I love Miguel, man. So he kind of went for it. And he and he showed, hey, I still care about you, dude. So I love that scene. As I was watching, I was like, all right, that's my scene right there. You I want to watch that scene again. Sam didn't even notice that he's trying. Like he's like he said he wanted to clear the air. I think that's what he said. Yeah. Um, no, all she's focused on. Oh, you're with Tori. Yeah, because she still likes him too. Yeah, the mentality too, man. You know? <laughs> exactly, bro. Exactly. Mature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, bro. So, any any lessons you want to summarize before we go, man? That's it for Glory of Love. There we go. We got two episodes left. <laughs> yeah, two two left, man. We're inching closer and closer. That's right. Man. That's right. Um, one of the lessons I I took down, man, um, is something another one that Johnny said. And he said, to be a great fighter, you got to learn to adapt. And because life isn't black and black or white. Yeah. It's great. So yeah. for every situation, you have to adapt, man. You can't just trust on your own like experiences and your own standards. You know, you got to you got to be able to, you know, to change, to adapt to change and not fear it. For you sure, know? man. You got to be learn. You got to learn to be flexible, man. I think the right. greatest leaders are flexible. You know, to some to some degree, you know, I was about to say, you know, parents, you have to be flexible. You do have to be flexible as well. But there's certain things that, hey, this is the way it's going to be. But there's certain things. OK, you know, you learn to be flexible. So, yeah. And adapt because things change. You know, life changes uh, technology. Right. That's one of the things as me being an educator, man. Obviously, technology has changed the game, especially now with this, you know, coronavirus, man, and being in the right. pandemic and and students now having to do virtual and teachers now having to do virtual. It's all about, hey, how well do you adapt so I think for any individual, um, being a, you know, adaptability is key, you know? Right. So, um, yeah, bro. So definitely I'll go with that, dude. I'm, I'm with you there and that's it, brother. Glory of love. Great episode, man. I loved it. Yeah. How'd you feel? How you feel about yeah. that episode? Pretty good. Yeah. It's building up, man. It's basically because the, it's a stepping stone to, to the next two. Which, yeah. Stepping stone. And we want to see how that, that date goes with, uh, Johnny and Carmen, because, Oh, yes. What if I am? Are you asking me out? <laughs> what if I am? Exactly. <laughs> All right, brother. So thanks again, man. Hey, want to wish you and your family a Merry Christmas, man. And this one, you know what? We'll post it. I'll post it uh, probably Friday, probably Christmas Day, man. So Sounds good, man. My pleasure again, as always. And Merry Christmas to you and your family as well, my brother. Thanks, brother. Take care, buddy. Take care. Later, man. That about wraps up another episode of Mission Driven with AC Cristalis. Thank you so much for joining in on this show. If you're enjoying the show, please, please, please do not forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And if you're listening on Spotify, make sure you hit that like button. And if you're getting insight, you're gaining wisdom and motivation and inspiration, make sure to leave a review. I'll greatly appreciate it. I just want to wish you all a great, happy holiday season, and I wish you nothing but faith, hope, love.